you wished upon a star. Now we want you to share with us our latest and greatest dream. Disneyland. Just go to Action Park, there's no other park like it. Six Flags Great Adventure. It's not a world away. Paramount's Kings Island. We will officially open Universal Studios Florida. Hello, I'm Michael Eisner. Presenting this week, Epcot, experimental prototype city of tomorrow. Now, here is your host, Hi, Defunct Land guests. My name is Kevin Perger, and welcome to the first edition of the Defunct Land podcast. This is a podcast that will air bi weekly on the off weeks in between episodes of the Defunct Land YouTube series. Each episode, I will have a special guest host where we will discuss the latest episode of the Defunct Land series and theme park attractions of the past, present, and future. That guest today is Jack from Park Ride History. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Great. So we just got through um, a Body Wars episode together. You were my first crossover on a YouTube series. Um, so thank you for doing that. Hey, no worries. And um, tell tell my audience a little bit about your YouTube series. And make sure to try to describe it so you're not also describing my YouTube series. Well, basically, what I do with uh, Park Ride History, I have uh, pretty much one series right now, The History of and Changes 2, which is um, basically going through the history of any given attraction at any park, pretty much. And then uh, talking about that, and then on top of that, if it's one of these attractions that's been um, updated or it's been renovated in such a way that it still resembles the original attraction a lot, I'll be going over those changes too. So my first video, for example, uh, was uh, Maelstrom, and that one was recently converted into Frozen Ever After, but he used a lot of the same ride track and a lot of the same uh, show building, so it's really just highlighting what all is different and what all is the same, because I, I just think it's pretty interesting. I, of course, do completely defunct attractions, and you do the changes, too. That's why um, everyone that wants me to do Journey into Imagination, I'm having trouble bringing myself to do that one, because it's still there, somewhat, kind of. Well, I don't, I think that is definitely, it's a huge, that's going to be a big video, just with all the changes that have happened to it over the years, and, and just all the different incarnations that there have been, so I definitely wouldn't put it past either of us to do another crossover for that one, just to handle it, because I, I know it's going to be a pretty heavy-duty video. Journey into Imagination is really um, a special ride for a lot of people, and it's really hard to tackle those rides that are really really special like the easiest ones to do for me i don't know about you but the easiest ones episodes to do are like superstar limo no one's gonna be like that was my favorite ride how dare you make a joke about it you you have ruined the memory of disgraced the memory of <laughs> superstar limo the best attraction yes drew carey would be ashamed if he watches <laughs> this video yeah so what are your thoughts on body wars in general i like body wars i think it's i think, I think it was a pretty cool ride but uh it's one of those things i don't i don't miss it you know, if if there was like this big push to have it brought back, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd really be signed on for it. Cause it's like, it's a very similar ride experience to something that already exists with Star Tours. Like you can get that same ride experience. It's not like, oh, I'm never gonna be able to experience, uh, you know, that military grade rolling around in a uh, flight <laughs> simulator. Like that still exists in a lot of places. So for that, and I don't exactly think the theming that it had was all too uh, interesting. I know it was very unique. You're not going to see something like that again. It's, but uh, it just wasn't really my scene. I do like the rest of the Wonders of Life and the other attractions there, but Body Wars, I take it or leave it. 
our discussion today, which I haven't even said yet, is over Epcot, Epcoy, and Ipcot. And we will get into those three topics shortly. But we do have another part of this podcast, which is I asked my Facebook group and my subreddit to ask questions for us on Epcot. And so here's the one that uh, attributes to Body Wars. This is from Reddit user Wraith6. I am trusting that I pronounced that correctly. Does Disney or any of the other major parks archive the original audio video from attractions that are no longer in operation? For example, is there a high-quality master reel of the Body Wars video directed by Leonard Nimoy? I don't know the answer to that as far as Disney. I don't know if you know anything about them archiving these things. No, not exactly. I mean, I can say that they do archive some things because I have seen I have seen some things that have been archived, and I know uh, if we're gonna get off universe or get off Disney for a minute, I know Universal archives pretty much everything. They upload half of it to YouTube, which is which is a great resource, but like. I would hope Disney archives their stuff. I would really hope that there is that high quality master reel body wars just sitting in sitting in a vault somewhere. But like it's one of those things, like they didn't want to do the advertising for it. They might have just forgotten. I mean that ride didn't exactly like leave on the best terms. It, you know, it kinda got some people were hurt on it, all this stuff. So they were probably just like, oh, whatever, you know? And it's one of those things like later it turns out everybody wants it and it's like oops, <laughs> we didn't do that. I, I, I know Back to the Future is um, at Universal Studios, Ford, and Hollywood. I don't know the status of those prints. I know that one of them was chopped up and given to the crew um, on like one of the last days. They gave him a frame. Um, I've had a lot of people say, "I have a frame from the Back to the Future." I'm like, "That's where that is. That's where the, we need that." So we have to go to every crew member and hope that they kept it. Then we have to reattach it and re- we're gonna put it back together. That sounds like a movie. Just us <laughs> going on a crusade to find every frame of the Back to the Future of the Ride film. That'll be directed by Kevin Smith. <laughs> um, so, Body Wars, I that's out for me. Disney does a great job keeping everything they've ever done in their vault, whether it be their movies or theme park attractions. They have it somewhere, I'm sure. But I don't know what their plan is for them. Are they going to release them? Do they just have them? Is it is it a huge warehouse in somewhere in California or Florida where you can just say you can walk by and see all of these things that people really want but they think are useless? They said, "Oh, we're not going to throw them away. What are we crazy?" But also, we're not going to release them because who would want this? Yeah, it, you just walk by at like a garage sale in Ohio, <laughs> and it's right there. It's just not even labeled. Body Wars original ride film. It's like no one knows. It's like what? Is, what Body Wars? You can take that. I don't even know what that is. I don't. I, I don't have a projector. How am I supposed to watch that? Yeah, so I don't know about if they have it. I'm sure they. I'm sure they do. I, I would. I would think us saying that. I'm pretty sure they. They threw it away. Would be. <laughs> <laughs> I. We have no idea. I, I'm sure they have something. But then again, who knows? It could still be in the in the bays. You know, in the. It's just sit. Yeah, for it to sit in the projector. So enough about body wars. I want to get into our discussion on Epcot, Epcoy, and Ipcot. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, first, let's just talk about Epcot, our experiences with it. Um, I'm going to start off with my experience. The first time I went to Epcot, made my way around, went to Future World last because I was like, let's get these world pavilions out of the way. And so I went, I don't even know what was there at the time. I've gone two or three times. Um, the first time I went, I don't remember. I just specifically remember walking in to one of the pavilions and thinking, why is this entire amusement park just a bunch of shopping malls? You know, the, I, I walk into what looks like a shopping mall circa 90s. 
and it looked exactly like the shopping malls everywhere because i mean you have the little attractions and you have this big area where there's kind of things to do and maybe like a food stand and you're in it looks like you're in the food court of a shopping mall. I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about, too. I'm pretty sure I can nail this down to one pavilion where this is the most obvious. And that's definitely the land pavilion. Because that is it's just one... It is. It's just like a huge mall food court. You can see people eating down there. There's like a ride over there. You can buy things over there. It's just, okay, what, what what's going on here? Exactly. And, th and that gets... And I'm just going to go and read this question, which is... Uh, from Nick Vincent Barbera, out of all the Epcot pavilions, which one is slash are your top favorites? Um, my my favorite is the stock footage pavilion, um, as you call it, the land pavilion. Is that what you said? Oh, yes, the I, land pavilion. I call it the stock footage pavilion um, because that's all it is to me. <laughs> I know that's not right, but Soren is stock footage. Um, it's really nicely done, and they shot it, whatever, it's stock footage. And it's fun, it's a fun ride, but it's stock footage. And then if you go watch the Lion King movie, that 12-minute movie, that is just stock footage. So the entire pavilion is stock footage. And I, I spent probably most of my time in Epcot there, because I was waiting in line for Soren, And... I, I just see what looks like a shopping mall, and Wonders of Life, after looking at it, also looks like a shopping mall. A really nicely done shopping mall, but still. Yeah, so that was my experience with Epcot. That was that was the first, my, my first impression. Oh, I want to hear what you, what you, you live in the Orlando area. Yes, Orlando, Florida, born and, born and bred. So tell me your experiences with it. Well, the thing is, I've been here forever. But most of my experiences with Disney, like leading, like throughout most of my childhood, was just with the Magic Kingdom. Like up until I was probably like middle school age, I just believed like Disney was just the Magic Kingdom, and there was only one, and I didn't even know what Disneyland was. Like I was just very in the dark on all that stuff. Um, so eventually, middle school came around, and uh, I was in chorus, and so we had the opportunity to go perform at downtown disney they have a stage or not downtown it was downtown disney at the time it's disney springs now and so kind of near world of disney kind of near the lego store they have this stage and so if you do that you get to go to the parks for free and it's like a school field trip you get to go spend the day so i show up in the morning we do the performance then we go and head out to epcot and i had no idea what epcot was i'm like uh we're going somewhere and so we're driving around the bus around the back of world showcase and i think we stop in either it must have been France. So we go and then um, we just turn into the Norway Pavilion. We just we just head right in there because that's kind of where everyone's going. And I went and I rode Maelstrom. And that was probably my first Disney ride that I saw like as a, a bit of an older person. You know, I wasn't like a little kid anymore. And I just loved it, dude. I just fell in love with that ride. Epcot just didn't appeal to me. Um, it does now. I totally get it now after researching it, after realizing what it was, what it was supposed to be. It makes perfect sense, and I wish I would have gone there in 1989 when Wonders of Life opened. That would have been awesome to see all the pavilions in their prime. As of when I went there in probably 2003, 2004, it was not that. It was, yeah. it was just, it was different. It felt weird. It just had a weird vibe to it. So, and people really loved them their Epcot. Like they really love Epcot, and I totally get it now. But you got to realize to people that haven't gone there. Uh, in the 80s and in the early 90s it's it's weird to them yeah i mean the park it's it's weird right because it's supposed to be something 
and then they changed it into being something else, but they didn't do it overnight. It was like this weird kind of like 10, 20 year process of them changing it into something else. And now it looks like they're on the brink of changing it again. And so it's like, yeah, if, you, if, you, if you're not told beforehand what the theming is for this park, if you have no idea what you're getting into and you're like, oh, we're just we're going to Disney, it's going to be great. And then you're like, you get there and it's none of, tra- none of the traditional Disney rides you're expecting. There's like no characters there. Like, what, what, what's going on? I don't know. So um, let's get into the next topic, which is Epcoy. Um, these are the we have a list of attractions, that, a list of changes, things that are going to be closing. Um, we put them in order from least interesting to most interesting or most talked about. The first thing is the new China Pavilion um, movie. There's a new China Pavilion movie. It's replacing Reflections of China. It's in the 360 theater, or is it 180, or is it the is it Circle whole thing? I, yeah, it's Circle Vision. It's going to be 360, and the new one. It's not only going to be a new movie, but it's also going to be a seamless one. So now it's like I think maybe six different screens that all go around, but there's spaces in between them for each individual screen. This one's just going to be gigantic all the way around the room, seamless new technology. What do you think the new movie is going to be about? I'm really hoping that they you know actually try and do something with. Uh, China realistically like I really hope that we get kind of a um not like this antiquated version of China you know what I mean like all this others like yeah I, I'm not a fan of that I think we should kind of get how China is today so like a Transformers movie yeah I mean they like Transformers right they do pretty good over there they love trans the Chinese love Transformers oh they will pay hundreds of millions of dollars to watch Transformers there it is you just have a 360 circle vision Transformers movie. That is Chinese culture today. <laughs> All right, moving on to new mission this on Mission Space. Yes. Space Green and Orange Team options um, and new stories and experiences. What are your thoughts on this? All right, well, I think it's... I, I'm, I'm pretty happy about it, right? I'm kind of sick of, like, it's really just obviously, like, 90s graphics on those rides. It's like, okay, what are we what are we looking at right now? I, it kind of kills the immersion for me, which which is... It's fine, right? Because if you go orange, you're getting, like, the G-Force experience anyway, so it's not really... It doesn't really kill it for you. But, yeah, I think it, I think it should be interesting. And another new thing that they're going to be adding is... Um, for the green team, green team was previously just orange team, but without all the effects. So it didn't really make much sense. It, now it's going to be a new story. You're not going to Mars. It's just like a, a thing around Earth. You're going around Earth. So it's not going to be as intense. It'll make sense. And then um, orange is going to get, a, it's going to be the same mission, but like I said, better graphics and probably a different storyline to go along with it. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in it. I, I want to see how they do it. And I'm glad they're doing it in such a way that it's not like, okay, we're getting rid of all the original stuff. We don't want, we don't want that. It's, it's something new. It's like new, but not really. It's comfortably new. And I, I think that's the kind of change we can stand to see more of at Epcot and Disney as a whole. Yeah, Mission Space gets a bad rep, um, mainly because it killed a couple people. but also uh, Allegedly. Be- allegedly. Okay, I got to throw that one out there. Save you a lawsuit. It allegedly killed a couple people, um, but also because it replaced Horizons, which is oh, the yeah. is a fan favorite. Everyone hates it because, oh, it replaced Horizons, but it could be worse. It could be an IP-based attraction, and it is somewhat of a good representation of what Epcot Future World is. It's, it's a realistic, um, hopeful version of the future. I don't think it's right to compare it to Horizons, to be honest. It replaced Horizons technically. Like, it's not like, okay, we don't need Horizons anymore. We got something new and great. Horizons was done. It was finished. That was, it's it's done. So we're going to put something new in its place. 
and I, I'm glad that they're I'm glad that they're not updating it into Mission Wally. <laughs> you gotta chase Wally. There he is. Go get him. They could have easily done that, and I'm glad they didn't. But that leads us into a new Ratatouille attraction. I'm I'm excited about it. I'm happy about it, but not exactly. Like I'm glad World Showcase is gearing up to get a bunch of new attractions. I think um, there have been like rumors speculating that there's gonna be a new one over in the England Pavilion. Not sure about the validity of that one yet, so I'm not going to say that there will be. But we did hear about Ratatouille, you know, a few months in advance, so I was kind of gearing up for that. I think it's good. I think World Showcase should have a lot more rides than it does. They're, the pavilions, some of them are gigantic, because there's supposed to be rides, and there's just not. Like, the Italy Pavilion, it's huge. Like, it goes super far back, because there's supposed to be a ride building, and there's just not. So, yeah, if this is the way, if this is what we have to do to get more rides, if they have to be IP-based, then, yeah, okay, it's just a... Uh, kind of necessary evil, so I'll go with it. I, I'm, I'm not exactly the biggest fan of it just being a clone of another existing attraction. I know it's not even in this country, but like, could we do something original even with the Ratatouille attraction? Like, IP we could do, give it a new story? I don't think they're going to do that, though. I am both okay with this and completely against it in every form. So, let me explain. I need to hear. I'm completely against it because I don't want IPs in Epcot. Also, I'm against Ratatouille attraction because Ratatouille is one of my favorite Pixar movies. My favorite animated movie of all time, probably. Regardless, I don't think it has that big of a footing in popular culture. Um, I think it's going to be dated very soon, and they're going to have to replace it with something else. Toy Story, that's going to be timeless. Make a Toy Story land. Finding Nemo, that's going to be timeless. Ratatouille, I don't uh, I don't know. You know, I. So that's why I'm not super... For it, I think it's going to be dated, and I don't think that we need IPs in Epcot. On the other hand, I'm okay with it because the, I've watched the Ratatouille behind-the-scenes DVD. And those filmmakers at Pixar did a great research on France, and they they didn't just make a movie about France, you know what I mean? They didn't just say, hey, it's in France, and there you go. They actually traveled to France, they actually made sure that they got the cuisine correctly, they made sure that they did things somewhat accurately so it makes somewhat sense to go to the world showcase pavilion if you have this if you think of it like a story in france and the fact that these filmmakers purposefully made it attributed to that culture that makes it more okay for me mm -hmm. now i don't know about the ride i don't know if the ride helps with that maybe they'll change it a bit to uh, more focus on the accuracy of the france pavilion i don't think they're gonna do that i really i think i think here's what's happening i think Epcot and Disney is very done with what Epcot used to be. They really don't have any interest in keeping it, uh, keeping it the kind of educational thing like you said. And I, I it, it's unfortunate, right? But I think the direction they're going to take it is it's going to be like the Magic Kingdom. It's going to have dark rides. It's going to have all this stuff. It's going to be very character influenced, very heavily with the characters. And um, the way that Disney has been gearing up with all these movies, like these very like cultural movies, like with Moana and Frozen. I really think that they're just going to turn World Showcase into, like, a Magic Kingdom, but with these different cultures. Like, I really feel like that's the direction they're running in, and they're probably going to go with it. They really probably are, because they did it with Frozen, they did it with uh, El Rio del Tiempo, that's the one in the Mexico Pavilion, that's, uh, you know, a Grand Fiesta tour. So, yeah, I think I, I think they're, uh, that's, that's where they're going, and slowly but surely we're going to end up there, and it's like, oh, no. So, you got to kind of, like... Take your good and your bad. What's gonna? What am I gonna like? What am I not gonna like? And I, I don't know if Ratatouille is gonna make my list. On Facebook, Zach Dermacato said, "Instead of a Ratatouille ride at Epcot, what would you like to see?" 
Well, uh, I think what I would want to see, and, and like I said, this is not going to, you know, this is not going to align with my prediction of what, you know, the direction Epcot's going. But I think, you know, the ride at, or not the ride, the, the ride at Epcot in the France Pavilion, it, sh- it should just be a representation of France without any kind of, without any kind of character integration, without any kind of IPs. I like I love Maelstrom because it ju- it did just that. There, there was no need to throw. Oh, do we have any Norwegian characters we can put in here? It's like no, this is its own thing, and it and it it might, it might not represent Norway in the most like accurate or like you know up to date reference, but it's still like this is their culture. This is this is unique. This is stuff that that ha- has happened in their country at one point. And so I wish they would do something like that with France. They're probably not gonna. I you know it would be ideal for like. What I was thinking is maybe like some kind of log flume, but it's it's almost like a gondola and not like, you know, not like the air gondolas, but like the ones that are in the uh, water kind of going through that. And it's it'll be just like a Grand Fiesta tour where you're kind of seeing all these different things and it's a dark ride. That would be cool. I would like that, but it's not going to happen. They're going to go with Ratatouille. It's going to be another one of these trackless dark rides. It's going to have some interesting tech. It might be a fun ride, but it's not going to be it's not going to be what I want. So, let's move on to Ellen's Energy Adventure Closure, replaced with the new Guardians of the Galaxy attraction. What are your thoughts on this? Well, um, yeah, no. There's just no all around. I I don't like Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't like the IPs. I don't like Ellen's Energy Adventure. I didn't didn't like any of it. I took took a kind of a dig at Ellen's Energy Adventure in my Wonders of Life video. I was like, uh, you know... Wonders of Life, it's one of the, it's just a very empty pavilion, but, uh, you know, so is, so is the, uh, universe of energy, so, and it's like, uh, just, why? Just why are we doing this in such a way where we need more IPs? And it doesn't make sense, like, this, this is gonna be, I, maybe not now, it might not seem like it, but I do think this is gonna be, like, game-changing when it comes to switching up the theming of Epcot. Like, this is gonna be a very big key, this is gonna be a key point when it comes to switching it into something new. Because, like, what, what does this have to do with anything? What do the Guardians have to do with, with like, the future? Nothing. I don't know. Well, what did Ellen have to do with the future, to be fair? But at least, at least that one was still kind of like, oh, we're going to educate you about energy and look at all these things. And, you know, it's like, what are the Guardians going to say? They have nothing to say. Yeah, that's true. They're just going to teach you how that a Sony Walkman running on probably AA batteries has survived 30 years with no resource to additional batteries. That's that's going to be the big energy explanation. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't I hate it too. Um and I hate to sound like that guy that just says I don't want change, but I don't want change. So, I don't care what you think of what I sound like because I don't want change, so stop changing things. I like the Guardians films. I think they're good and I really really love the first one. It's my favorite Marvel film. And the second one is really really good, but I it's not good enough. For me to say, okay, let's make two amusement park rides out of it. Two different amusement park rides. They're not clones of each other, right? This is a separate attraction. No, very different. This is not a clone of the one in Anaheim at California Adventure, replaced Tower of Terror. Funny anecdote, I was having a board meeting with my patrons where we decide what we're going to do every month um, with the Funkland. And someone had gone on the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction, the new one in Anaheim, um, and they had phrased it in a way as if they had gone on the one that is replacing Ellen's energy adventure. They had said, um, I've, we've, I've gone on that. And then we said, no, it's not opening yet. Ellen's energy adventure is still open. 
And they said, are you sure? Because I'm, I swear I went on it. Um, and they were just using the wrong lingo or something. But we argued with them for about five minutes, telling them that it is not open yet and that it will not be open for at least a year. And we got to the point where we realized, oh, they're talking about the Tower of Terror attraction. And I thought that is a great episode of The Twilight Zone, where someone goes on a theme park attraction that they think is supposed to be themed one way, it's themed a different way, and they tell all their friends about it, and they say, no, it's been closed for 25 years. And I was that's that should be the th- that should be the Twilight Zone attraction of the theme parks is just changing your IP in the Tower of Terror every intermittently every so often, just so when people go on it, nobody believes them. Nobody believes. I went on the the Black Cauldron Tower of Terror. No, you didn't. That's not that's not a thing. Yes, I did. I haven't even seen that movie. What are you talking about? So I just thought that that would be a perfect. In addition, if you want to throw a bunch of random IPs in there, just just to confuse everybody, they have no idea what's happening, and everyone's just, well, what are you talking about? Ha- have you not gone on Princess and the Frog Drop Tower? No, I don't remember. Reddit user Epoplant um, just commented, uh, "Do you think this Guardians attraction going to Epcot make the park lose its classic touch?" I do think there is a possibility that it could, you know, because this, uh, like I, I, I speculate and. Like I said, completely unfound, and I could definitely be wrong, but I, th- I do think this is going to be the uh, future world section of the park. This is going to be its Frozen Ever After, which is like a really big shift away from what it used to be and into something new, which is a very like uh, character influence, a lot of IPs going into the rides. And uh, yeah, once now that Future World, once this opens, if it loses its its sense of like uh, realistically showing the future in, a, in like a kind of very hopeful way that Epcot used to do if it just if now it's just doing character things without any kind of like reference to what it used to be then it's like okay we we're we're definitely moving away from it and this could open a lot of new doors to getting rid of anything really um Eric Maurer uh said on Facebook with the closing of Ellen's Energy Adventure is it possible that the future of Journey into Imagination might be on the chopping block in the future I so originally I would have said if Ellen's Energy Adventure wasn't closing I would have suggested make it uh, journey into Dr. Phil's imagination and just go all in on your daytime talk show. I got a great ride, and this one's pretty ingenious. I don't know if it's been done before, but I'm thinking we could get like a late-night talk show host, maybe like a Jimmy Fallon or somebody, and we could give him a ride. Oh, I'm in. I don't even care what you're going to say next. Oh, okay. But but say it. I want to hear it, but I've already green-lighted it. So whatever you're going to say... Even if you say, like, random future motorcycles. Yeah. Is that what you were going to say? Um, yeah, I'm thinking we can do it extremely cheap. Just just one screen, right? It'll be great. So, are you thinking futuristic motorcycles? Because I was just throwing that out there. That could work. That could work, because it is it is futuristic. I see. Right? That'll fit with the theme. Okay, yes. Futuristic Jimmy. F- that makes sense. Okay, no, I think it should. I think it should go in Disney Hollywood Studios because if there's anything about Jimmy Fallon, it should go in a park dedicated to movies. Yeah, so I think if they went all in, but Ellen's Energy Adventure is closing. So back to Eric's question: Do you think Journey of Journey into Imagination is on the chopping block? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I mean, it has been showcased throughout the last what, like, twenty years. That that ride is just is just like it means nothing. They have just chopped chopped up and screwed that thing back together so many different times. They, they, yeah, they would definitely just go, oh, we could close it. We could put something new in there. We, we just got the rights of, you know, Avengers. We could throw that in there. It'll work. 
I don't know. I think if they got rid of Journey into Imagination, people would go crazy. They would, but, like, people could kind of, like, they could rationalize it in their head. They could be like, well, it's not, you know, it's a different version of Journey into Imagination. It's not the original. I didn't really like this one anyway. So I don't think it'll be that big a deal for them. Was this the plan, though? Did they decide, well, we can't close this right away. People love it. Let's just slowly destroy it over the next 20 years. I, th- I don't know why they changed it. Like, they, usually that you can trace back a reason to why something got changed pretty easily. Like, oh, it wasn't popular. People hated it for this reason, so we tweaked it this way. I can't see any reason why they would want to take out Dreamfinder or, or an entire character from a ride and pretty much change it for no reason. I have no idea. Uh, Gabrielle Darvo, are you angry about Guardians of the Galaxy coming to Future World? We already kind of talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Yes, Gabby. Can I call you Gabby? We're angry. We're very upset that they're ruining the park. They're ruining the park that they ruined years ago, but this time they're ru- they're ruining it publicly instead of ruining it behind closed doors and replacing it with drunk, tipsy tourists. Food and wine. Food and wine coming soon. That that see that's what they need to do. They just need to get all. They need to make the food and wine festival the entire thing. Just call it Disney's Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. But really, it's just a food and wine festival, and you get. All of these moms and dads that want to be really artsy, tipsy, and then you make them ride intellectual property-based attractions. At least they won't complain then. (laughs) I remember when this used to be Ellen and everybody loved it so much they didn't ride it. Or when Body Wars had no one on it and that when you went on it, people got mad at you for bothering them. Yes, that video of the guy sitting there, he's like, oh, someone in here. He's like, I I like it. It's pretty good. (laughs) He's like, okay, whatever, dude. Uh, I get paid either way. So that is it for Epcoy. Um, let's go to Ipcot. So the intellectual property community of tomorrow, what if there was another, is there any IP that you could see going into Epcot that you would be okay with? Uh, yeah, probably not. Wow, nothing? They have to, no, they have to like do it and then I'll, I'll see if I like it. You know, I could have never said, you know, I think I would really like it if they put, you know, three caballeros on El Rio del Tiempo. I would have never been able to predict that. Same thing with Frozen. And I don't mind it that much, even though it did replace one of my favorite rides. It's like, are you going to do it well? That's really my only question. I can't see anything. You know, I, I don't have that vision of them putting an IP and it being like, oh, that could be great. You have to just do it and then I'll see if I like it. That's how I feel about Star Wars I'm going into Disneyland. Um, there's in my mind right now there's no way that's ever going to be a good idea until i go and it's going to be awesome it's hard it's really hard for me to complain about ips and disney land and disney world and disney parks because it's always been an ip based park i mean when disneyland opened it had uh the the teacups it had dumbo the flying elephant a few months after it opened um the all based on the original disney cartoons and at that time they'd only been around for less than 20 years Disney did not realize how timeless these were going to be, probably. He probably hoped, and he was probably confident, but, I mean, no one could really realize that we'd still be talking about a movie that came out in 1937 in 2017. Like, that's that's amazing that we still recognize it and we've all still seen it, and that is really hard to predict in the first 20 years that it comes out. And But he, can, he based attractions off of the, his original movies. And so when we base attractions off of Guardians of the Galaxy, a movie that came out a couple of years ago, to me that it just seems like a bad idea. Like, how do you know that that's going to stand? But I guess you never really know, and you just hope for the best. I guess that's just how it's always been, and it just worked out better a while back. 
And so now it's just now that it's not working out as well, it's it's just weirder to us. I feel like they know that attractions are they kind of have a better grip on how long we like attractions for and like how long they spend before they get replaced. So they kind of understand that and they're like, well, we don't need something that's really timeless. We need something that that just it's very popular now and will probably be very popular. It's going to be very popular as long as the new movies are coming out, as long as there's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy three and four and five, which there probably will then the ride is going to make sense. It'll make If it was just one movie, then that, that is a big gamble. But like, if they just keep pumping these things out, yeah, not that big of a, of a gamble. So Ben Herring asks, do you think, based on other attractions that have closed, if the Disney classic rides are in danger of closing? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna, probably going to go back to the thing I said about Journey into Imagination. Yeah, they're, they're definitely willing to, if not close something, change it to such a point where it's like, yeah, this is not this is not original. This is not what it used to be. Pirates is a good example. Um, Journey to Imagination, another good example. It's just it's been tweaked so much over all these years. It's like this isn't what this isn't what it used to be. So yeah, I I definitely think everything is in danger. If you see it as a danger, if you see it as a good thing, like oh yeah, we got all this change coming in, then it's not a danger. But if you if you like things the way they are, then yeah, it's in danger. Yeah, I I don't think that they're in danger of closing, honestly. I don't think that the Matterhorn's going to be redesigned to Frozen. I mean, are we going to have, like, a Guardians of the Galaxy carousel at Disneyland? But, yeah, on the flip side, if I'm not going to be so negative, like, there have been attractions that have remained pretty much, like, untouched, like Haunted Mansion, which has only had, like, technology updates, nothing really to the storyline. And Haunted Mansion is a, one of the very few examples of a ride that was the change was dictated by theme park enthusiasts with the addition of the Hatbox Ghost. One of the few examples where Disney Disney realizes that we exist. You and I exist. All of our listeners exist. Like, there's a large following of people that love theme parks, love theming, and will go more often, I think, if you don't change it into Guardians of the Galaxy, the park. People that really like theme parks exist, and it's going to grow with all this YouTube stuff. Um, and I know I'm saying that as if it's like a promotion, but it's a true belief of mine that I think that this market, this niche is just growing and we're going to have a lot more people join on. I would hope, you know, for that to happen, you know, obviously personal interests, right? YouTube channel and all that. But just because like, I like, I like the community as a, as a, for the most part. And, you know, I want to see it grow. I want to see more people get out of theme parks what we do you know i don't want it to just be like okay we're going to disney we're gonna ride this ride and we're gonna go home it's like yeah there's more to it kind of you know we can we can have some fun with it but i think a big issue is that whenever anything changes anything at all people will just go crazy and start complaining and that has happened so frequently to a point where even if it's beneficial people will just complain about it that disney's like we don't we don't really need to listen to them anymore they don't know what they're talking about and I, I feel like we're kind of crying wolf every time something happens because, like, something with the Tower of Terror. Everyone was complaining when that happened. And then it opened and everyone's like, oh, this is not half bad. So they're like, okay, we know what's best. They don't know what's best. And I don't want that to be a common theme. I want when we have a legitimate grievance with something, we're going to have the ability to say, I don't like this. This is not good. And here's why. I don't want them to just write us off as, oh, these are the, uh, you know, Disney purists who want to keep everything, you know, like it was 1955 and everything's going to be terrible. I am that, and I will I will complain. I will not stop complaining just because you're complaining that I'm complaining. No, I, I, I agree there's going to be a point. I mean, we yeah, it is. A lot of people are complaining, and um, they, 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 it seems like they don't care. 
I mean, the, and they don't. I think Bob Iger walks out on stage at D23, announces all of these things that nobody... No, he didn't announce one thing that people were like, yeah, except for maybe the Skytram. And even then, they're like, what? And there was very few things that were announced that were, yes, finally, other than some Star Wars land info. And I think it comes down to instant gratification. And I think there's always a point whatever culture, whatever niche, whatever fan base, there's a point where that instant gratification goes away and it's going to happen. So the best example of this is with Star Wars. Um, original Star Wars movies, everybody loves them. Prequels split the fan base because there was so much instant gratification in there. Lightsabers everywhere. You love lightsabers. Here are lightsabers, blasters, lightsaber fights, all the stuff, Jedis, the Force, like all the stuff that people thought they liked about Star Wars. Really, we liked the characters. We liked um, the story. And then we get this new s sequel trilogy, whatever your opinions are on that, I know. But it's at least trying to capture the magic of the original. Um, and that's what I think is going to happen to theme parks. For a while, we had original attractions. We had theming in theme parks. And now it's complete instant gratification. It's, you like Guardians of the Galaxy? Here you go. Do you like um, Ratatouille? Here it is. All this random stuff that is just to please people temporarily is going to get old and they're going to get sick of it and eventually we're going to get back to what theme parks were but right now we're just yelling at a microphone because we're in that time of instant gratification it's a very weird transitional period and i do hope one day we can end up you know kind of at this like disney theme park renaissance where it's like we're going to get new things it's going to be a lot more fun it's not going to be all the stuff that we dislike now so I hope so. Yeah, that sounds uh, sounds really good. But unfortunately, I'm not that much of a, an idealist, kind of a little, little pessimistic about most things. And I know I'm just too aware of how Disney runs runs their companies. It's like uh, they don't they don't exactly have our best interests in mind. Not all the time. Last question comes from Facebook. Kelly Heft, what unbuilt attraction or pavilion do you wish they'd build? I'd love Switzerland. That was a rumor to have the Matterhorn come to Epcot. That is perfect. I love it. It's generic to say Switzerland, but I really would love that because that's a new e-ticket attraction that totally fits. And it would be a large standing, um, and that might look kind of weird in Epcot maybe at first, but I think that having that tall structure in the World Pavilion would draw a lot more people that way because it's pretty flat over there from, from future world, you know? You actually uh, you stole you stole my uh, my idea here, Kevin. I was gonna go with Switzerland, but I, I found something else. I found something else. I have the Rhine River Cruise, which is a um, it's gonna be it would have been a Germany boat ride or a boat ride in Germany. It would have taken you through I think these four different rivers that they have in that country, and you would have been looking at um, all these different landmarks from around the country. So it would have been very Maelstrom esque in in the way it operates and what it kind of shows, which is always great for me. And uh, yeah, I just I just love World Showcase attractions. I think they need more of them. Uh, maybe more of them with less IPs in them would be great. So that's my pick for something they could possibly bring back. And I would like. I think anything, any of those, and there's there's so many different things you can do with the World Pavilions because you have the entire world. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different attractions you can add there. You don't need to have Frozen or Ratatouille. Oh, it's kind of odd that they have, we have two, um, CGI animated movies, um in the world pavilion now i wonder if that's on purpose i wonder if they're going to start turning that entire thing into the animation part of it and then the live action is future world i i just i i figured it out 
I, cr- I cracked the code. There's the formula. That's my Nicolas Cage. It's a clue. Oh, no. We're getting the lawsuit now because you just, you leaked all their plans. <laughs> it's a clue. Epcot's not, it's not a park. It's a map. All right, I think we've talked about everything we can talk about um, on Epcot, Epcoy, and Ipcot, at least in the time we have. So, Jack, thank you again for doing uh, the crossover with Body Wars, and thank you for doing this podcast. Tell everybody where they can find you. All right, you can find me over at YouTube. I am Park Ride History. I'm also on Twitter, at Park Ride History, uh, trying to do retweets and whatnot on all the news that's coming out to all the parks, because there is quite a bit of it, especially recently, but also History of Changes too. We're going to get that out every month on my channel, so check it out. Also, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Kevin Perger, as well as watch the Defunctland YouTube series on youtube.com slash defunctland. There you will find links to our Facebook group and subreddit so you can submit questions for the next podcast, as well as have general discussions over defunct theme park attractions. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and rate it on whatever podcatcher you are on. And if you're on YouTube, don't forget to comment, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening, and thank you for visiting Defunctland. <laughs>